Hey, I, I'm Coach Nadia, one of the co-founders of Outstanding Personal Relationships. And I'm Coach Fatima, <laughs> his wife. <laughs> and I'm Coach Nyla. I'm also his wife. And we are, um, again, we're co-founders of Outstanding Personal Relationships, where we help people really build and develop themselves to be marriageable, to have happy, healthy marriages, whether in monogamy or polygyny, or if you're looking to establish a marriage with fulfillment, with bliss, and something that's building towards the future, where you can work on that in the present. So um, you can get more information about that at outstandingpersonrelationships.com, or, you know, look for more information on our Relationship Mastery Inner Circle, where we go live Every single week, we get downloads, you get the audios, the workbooks, get to speak to us um, directly, get our personal emails and stuff like that. So we work to equip, empower and engage the community in living a pro moral life with real black love and with an emphasis on polygyny. Make sure you guys are consistently practicing GLC, that you are growing intentionally, loving fearlessly and connecting on a higher level every single day. Assalamualaikum. Peace. Peace. And make sure you tuned in to Rebuke Radio with the incredible Mr. Marcus Jones. All right. Out there equipping and empowering the community for everything. And really, it's not just about marriage and polygyny. Plug in. We love it. That's our brother. Slow Lake. Peace. What's up, everyone? This is Rebuke, and this is your boy, Marcus Jones. This is the 33rd episode, and we have a hot topic for you to discuss. Um, Once again, I want to thank everyone for supporting my podcast, and you can continue to support my podcast by sharing with your friends and family on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also support it financially by becoming a monthly donor. The prices range from $0.99 per month to $9.99 per month. Or if you don't like that route, you can send whatever your heart desires to my cash app, dollar sign R-E-B-U-K-E-E-06. That is dollar sign R-E-B-U-K-E-E-06. This helps the podcast move into the direction of donating back to the black community and one day issuing out scholarships to black men and women attending colleges. Now, let me get, before I go into my topic, I just want to uh, give you a little story and background why I chose this topic. A couple of years ago, I was in the barbershop and you know how brothers are in the barbershop. We talk about various topics, sports, uh, money, rap and all that. But for some reason, we was talking about women and a lot of the brothers were talking about would it be beneficial to have another woman in the household? And it, it kind of it was kind of weird to hear these brothers talk about having another woman and, you know, uh, they was basically explaining to me that uh, one, you know, some women are good at particular areas in areas better than others, and it would be nice to have one. Now, 
I went on Instagram and then I found a page discussing this topic as well. And it goes very in detail and it's very astonishing that there are black women supporting this, this movement. And I found out the rapper Akon, he supports this. He actually had, he actually practiced this actively. Now, um, also over the years, this, this, this topic, um, has been discussed and it has been frowned upon. Um, but I did some research on my grandmother. I did a DNA test on my grandmother and I found out she's from the Hausa and Fluwani tribe of Nigeria. And I did more research on that tribe and this, these tribes practice this, what we about to discuss. What we about to discuss is polygamy (laughs) (laughs) and the topic is today is two better than one. Um, I am very honored to have for my first live <laughs> uh, Coach Nazir and his and his, his lovely wives, Fatima and Nyla. Did I say that right? Yes. Thank so. you. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to make sure I say it right because I, I saw y'all videos. Y'all, I don't want to get beat up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't want to get beat up. <laughs> yeah, man. What what's so interesting, man, is not not only that, bro. Um, my my podcast is is, is reestablishing black unity, knowledge, education, economics. I, I wanted to uh, create this podcast to bring the black culture together, and it's very on. It's, it's honor to have you on the show, and it's also honored for you to be the first Muslim on the show. So. <laughs> So I'm very honored to, to say that you you are the first because I, I tried to to uh, unite all of them and put all our, our religious beliefs and all this aside and just unite as black people. So I, I'm, I'm honored to have you and your wives on the show today. Um, uh, my first question, you know, is, you know, we appreciate that. It's an honor to be here as well. So, you know, much as we can be of service and, and teach people, I mean, it's part of the mission of what we're doing. So we appreciate you reaching out. All right, appreciate it. Appreciate it. I'm gonna go ahead and and get into it because a lot of people, my my fans, I posted this. I posted this question and they had a whole lot of questions for y'all. So a lot of these questions is not, is not from me. <laughs> it's from them. <laughs> for a friend. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, this this first one is from me though. Is that what is polygamy, Coach? Um, how long your family's been practicing and and what made you decide to practice this although you had a, a wife in the beginning? Well, first, um, we believe obviously there's their power in words. Okay, so specificity is very important. Even though nine out of ten times when somebody says polygamy, they're talking about what's known as polygyny. So polygamy means having more than one spouse. All right. It's not doesn't de- depend on the gender. That means a husband multiple wives or a wife can have multiple husbands. Okay. But just like you know, you mentioned now, barbershop talking about polygamy. In reality, probably in the barbershop talking about polygyny. The term where a man has more than one wife is polygyny. Okay. Now, when a woman has more than one husband, that's polyandry. So polygamy is the umbrella term. And under those terms, you have the man with multiple wives called polygyny, which is what we practice and what most people mean when they say polygamy. And then there's polyandry, where a woman has more than one. Okay, so specificity is important just for that reason. So we just want to kind of give a definition there. 
And we have been practicing polygyny almost 11 years now. Well, I have been practicing polygyny almost 11 years now. Again, because it's a man married to more than one wife. <laughs> okay. So, you know, the, I guess the first question is more geared toward me. So it says, what made you decide to practice this, although you had a wife? Well, I think it, one, that's a, a natural part of man, see, because it's different than having a wife. Okay, having a wife means you, you've accepted responsibility, a commitment, you want to build a family, All right, at least for a man of value minimally, not just a man. A man, somebody can just take care of himself, and that's that. You have good men, bad men, all kind of stuff that's out there. The sad part is the pool of good men or men of value is extremely small. So I wanted to experience, and I become a Muslim. We were raised Christian, kindergarten, 10th grade, we were in Christian school. We were all Christians at one time and uh, went on our own journeys and our own searches, and we Christians. So um, I got married when I was 19. So Coach Fatima and I have been married now over 25 years. All right, we met each other as teenagers, young teenagers, weird, barely little peach fuzz and stuff like that. But after, after 15 years of marriage and my, you know, maturation and stuff like that, different opportunities presented itself. And I was, I already knew polygyny was a part of Islam as a Muslim. I just didn't know anybody that practiced it. So it wasn't something I was like, oh, I'm going to do in the future or anything like that. I had really no idea. But as I matured, um, and it made more sense and stuff at the time. So I chose to participate almost 11 years ago and marry um, Coach Denyla, who we've been married to now almost 11 years. So it was a personal personal preference. Okay, okay. Appreciate that. Now, these are for the ladies. Now, your family, I'd switch the questions up. I, want, I, I wanted to get in, I really want to get into your school and your coaching and all that. Your family actually teach people how to operate in relationships. Um, Explain the company and this overall purpose, because you not y'all don't just teach about how to operate in the family similar to yours. You also teach how to operate in monogamy as well. So can you can y'all ladies elaborate about the, the school and the in the business and, and and what it entails? My throat seems like it's my throat. You go crazy right now. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Um, of course, we're co-founders of OutstandingPersonalRelationships.com. And this is, I'll just speak for myself. This has been a labor of love for us. I want to say that first and foremost, because we come from a place where we didn't have support in our community. Um, hold it like that. Like I'm about to bust a freestyle um, where we didn't have support in our community. And we just, a friend of mine told me, she said, you know what, Fatima, I think this is your calling because I had done so much personal development. We all three had, and we're very invested in the mental health of our family, you know, um, in a very positive way. So when you said that to me, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it. But I felt as though my job was to bring families together versus push them apart as people tried to push our family apart. So this work was necessary so that other families, men, women had a voice. Our voices are extremely important because then you have the initial wife voice, you have the, the husband that's in the middle, the one that actually practiced his voice, and then you have the subsequent wife's voice. We all should be heard because there's other families out there that need this work and this like a mission 
for us. So because of the three of us deciding as a family to come out and talk about polygyny and monogamy well, um, it has allowed others to do the same. So we wanted to offer services to coach because we all have been individual coaches running our own individual businesses, but we brought those businesses together and just decided to just really help together, bring couples together, bring children and their parents together um, that are practicing polygyny or in polygynous families. Okay, great. So what do we have? <laughs> pretty much um <laughs> and the thing is you know that's the thing of um also allowing you know the voices to be heard and not only allowing I mean, we've seen polygyny get a bad rap you know um those who are successful in it for the part they're fairly quiet about it for good reason because um it's not you know, it's not widely accepted, even though it's been around longer than monogamy has. But to be able to give people insight on what it truly is and not the um, the imagination or the hallucination or the stereotype of what they think it should be or what they think it is. Or, you know, like my co-wife and I, we actually did a, um, a couple of videos, but one was where people called it legalized cheating or permissible cheating or something like uh, like what Coach Nadir said at the beginning. He said it's a difference between having a woman and having a wife. So the thing is, we've is that when we decided to put our story out there, our journey out there, and our services out there, a lot of people started to come out of the woodwork stating this is something that they needed, this is something that they wanted. Um, there, A lot of minds were changed, a lot of perceptions were changed because they see what it is. And that seems to be one of the driving forces for me <laughs> to continue to do this work because we're constantly seeing more, we're seeing more and more people um, understanding what it really is and not only understanding what it really is, but really wanting to do it in the proper fashion. People always say, well, I don't have a problem with polygyny if it's done right. Well, we don't have a problem with anything if it's done right. So the problem is, is that polygyny is not getting its fair share of airplay or airtime. People don't know. Um, they don't have the guidance. And we decided to be those guides in order to allow people to have that. Great, great answer. Great answer. Now, it's going to have to stick with the ladies again, Coach. Uh, this next question. Um, uh, how was practicing this in the beginning versus pra practicing now? And the ladies want to know, how can y'all keep the jealousy in check? <laughs> that the, the emotions. Um, one thing. One thing that I learned is that taking away the ownership and saying the words, my man, because, you know, I remember my grandmother telling me early on, she said, you know, he's God's man. He's not your man. He's not her man. He's not, he doesn't belong to his own children and parents. So see, he can't be yours because if he was mine, I could stop him from dying. I could 
make him live as long as I want or I could make him do whatever I want him to do. There's no ownership. And when you take away that ownership and saying mine and that that selfishness of that word, that that word can be turned into a selfish term, um, you feel better. So I turn my man into our, just like my children. I have more than one child. It's their father. So they don't say, my dad said, and the other child goes, my dad said, da, da, da. They say, our father said it. Our Abu said it. So when I start to change the meaning of words that society has placed on me, has placed on our family, then the jealousy can start to be in check. Instead of saying, why is he over there? It started to go, why shouldn't he be over there? Mm. That's his other house. That's his other wife. Mm. We're all the same. In our, in our family, it's one big family. Okay. But words can create separation. So that's one thing I checked were the terms and the self-talk. Not trying to rob my co-wife of her rights or our husband of his. These are basic human rights. So I'm not about to look crazy by saying that's his baby mama. No, that's his, his other wife. Because we don't practice that in our family where we say, you know, I'm his wife and that's his baby mom. You know, if we want to do jokes, we both baby mama, but we're both wives. <laughs> so um, we, we play around sometimes with that. But I, I really had to teach people how to talk to me about polygyny in my family. So one way was to say he's where he's supposed to be today. He's at his wife's house. He's at his house with his wife. This is coming from my mouth. So okay. it's a lot about that in our past. I think the first question was, how was it in the beginning versus how it is now? Correct. Um, it's a lot smoother now. <laughs> it's a lot smoother. Um a lot of that comes with communication, personal development, you know, working on ourselves more than we're working on anything else. Um, so, yeah. And realizing that the journey takes time, you know, realizing that everybody has their own time and their own method of processing things and handling things and giving that space and giving the opportunity um, to everybody. So um, that's, <laughs> that's one of the things. And um how to curb the jealousy realize that jealousy is a normal thing you know nor that is normal to be jealous however realize what it really is we talk about clarity and what words mean and i always look at jealous or the difference between jealousy and envy now envy is that you don't want the other person to have what they have <laughs> you know um being jealous you may want what they have, but not want to take what they have. Like you want, may want their feeling of happiness. You see that they're happy. You want to feel that happiness. You want to feel some joy. You want to feel that stuff, but you don't want to take that away from them. So the thing is like, how can I get that too? So jealousy, some, sometimes we can use our jealousies to fuel our betterment, so to speak. We can use our jealousies to say, okay, how can I be better? Or what am I not doing right? Or what am I, you know, is this true, the things that I'm thinking? Because sometimes if we do allow our jealous, jealousies to over, 
overcome us and overtake us and get into the bad side of it where it's controlling our life controlling how we are interacting with each other um, controlling the way we feel about certain things in a way that is negative then we have to ask ourselves the proper questions is this true um, am I feeling am I what am I whatever I'm feeling is it true why am I feeling this way? Is there a possible reason? Is there a possible way that I could be creating these things? When we start looking into ourselves as the problem and the solution, <laughs> we start to become a lot better because we're not giving away our control of, you know, improving our lives or improving our relationships. So um, a lot of people ask, how did my co-wife and I become so close? You know, it wasn't always like that. Now, we were always cordial. We were always cordial because we, you know, believe in that and we believe in respecting each other. But how we became so close is that we communicated with one another. We respected each other's differences. Um, we got to know each other more. And communication was a big deal. And any type of jealousy is just our own thoughts you know like with me it'll be any type of insecurity or anything that I know I need to improve or be better so it's nothing that she's done to me to make me feel this way you know so once we realize it's it's either in our own heads or something that we are creating then we can fix that thank you thank you wonderful answer ladies wonderful now coach I'm going to skip to this question because um I'm going I'm going to skip to number four I'm going to go to this question because I watched the video and I don't know, I'm quite sure you've seen this video. It's, I think it's a Nigerian network. And this woman was basically explaining the human nature of, of, of men. They're saying that, you know, the, the man produces so much amount of sperm and the woman only produces one, you know, produces an egg once, uh, once a month. And she basically is, is, explains that you can take 30 men, and he, they can populate the whole earth. And I was like, you know what? She makes a lot of sense. I didn't say that out loud, but, you know, she does make a lot of sense. You, you, know, you know, sisters don't want you to make sense. But um, my question is for you, brother. Do you think men are naturally, uh, you say, is, is, is naturally polygynous? Yeah, polygynous. Religionists, yeah, no yeah. doubt. Um, yes, I mean this. It's relatively simple to see. Um, it doesn't take many scientific or sociological experiments to notice stuff. I mean, we could look at our own relatives. I have uncles, I have grandfathers, I have, you know people. They they do the thing. The challenge is we give this. Um, we give this whole we like a facade. You know, we we prefer a really, really pretty, sexy lie than just the blunt truth. We man, know what it is. See me, see me and you on the same page, brother. We mean you on the same page. I tell the, I tell black women all the time, like y'all, y'all like a smooth liar than a blunt truth taker. But go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Go, go ahead and preach now. Go ahead. And now preach. again, you know, and, and and I like to generalize because there are a lot of sisters that already know. There are sisters that are already open to it, already mature and, and conscious to these basic facts and these truths. I mean, I think there was a there was a, a podcast, a dead ass podcast with um Deval and his wife. What's his name? His name Deval, right? Yeah, Deval. Right, right. And Kadeen. And he was talking, he, he felt he was pressured into monogamy. He was like, look, it's just on a biological level, 
I'm a man. I have this driver. How all this? And with Manai, you gonna satisfy all of that for me? But I'm like, hey, baby, you like I got a headache or I'm tired or I'm this or that. So he felt he was pressured into it, and they had a good discussion and everything. And we need to be real with it. But again, that just base level because one of the things my wives tell people, they're like, look, and we know it's not for every man. I mean, we're pro morals, so we're not anti-monogamy. We pro morals to begin with. So we just want to raise some awareness to actually uh, black love. Real black love, the black love you don't see. You will more see homosexuals talking about black love and be on a show and be portrayed than polygyny, which is the only form of polygamy that's actually family based. Everybody knows who the father is. You got to provide for the family. We talk about to take village. This is not brand new stuff. When you look at all scriptures, for example, it talks about it. Now, again, we Muslims, so we follow the Quran. Islam simply came in restricted and legendary. When I was Christian. They talk about how Solomon had 700 wives, but 300 concubines. Or Prophet Jacob had four wives. Abraham had two wives. This is, it's the exception to only have one. And if we look at it, we just look at the technological advances over the last couple hundred years. Women, they was pretty much out trying to be with the man who's the most secure. So, or has, that can provide the most security. So even today, when the guys, you had these clothes that you flashy or the cars or the, all these things, women are looking for security. This is basic stuff of the nature, but they have to dial themselves up to get the attention of men. And we talk about how women are seduced by their ears while men are seduced. We like what we see, but women like what they hear. You know what I'm saying? This is just normal, natural, biological stuff. It ain't something new to the black community. I mean, we can point out people's leaders, whether it's a Jesse Jackson or whether it's a Jimmy Swaggart or this preacher over here and that man minister over there. Scripture tells them to marry them because when you marry them, that's responsibility. If we look at the reality, and monogamy is to help satisfy and protect men, it's not really. Men. It's saying, listen, you got this one legal wife here. You take care of what comes from that. Anybody else? No, no, they're to the side. You're not responsible for that. Despite the fact of the need, polygyny is an ancient solution to a modern problem as well. I come from a city where eight out of ten households, black households, are run by single parents, single mothers in particular. All right. And then women still have to well, you go get your own man to go do this. You know what? Listen, yeah, that sounds good in reality. It sounds great. But where's this pool of good men? All right. See, because Coach Fatima and I, we have seven children. Coach Nile and I, we have five. I have three biological sons. But out of these, we have daughters. Now, I'm just trying to marry my children. We have Coach Fatima. All of our daughters are grown. All right, the youngest is 18. One of them is married. And definitely grateful. It's hard to find good men to begin with. And I'm looking for them. You know what I'm saying? And also have a bar. So when we talk about in America, every 18 seconds, a woman goes into the emergency domestic violence. Let's not talk about these download dudes. All this homosexuality is constantly pushed. Every black show that looked like it's going to be good. Here's a Trojan horse. It is gayness. They got to. You know what I'm saying? Then you got still the repercussions of mass incarceration. You have those that just ain't fit. Somebody who's not even attractive to begin with, you know what I'm saying? Or, or it's tax flipping season, or you see stuff talking about, oh, baby, buy me the new PS5. Yeah, I know it's a joke, but it really ain't a joke. It comes from somewhere. There's truth to that. You know, so man, you got to be more than just a man. You got to be a man of value before you go and talk king talk because it requires something. You know, and there are more women, again, generally, you talk about monogamy, looking for so on and so forth. There are more women who are willing to, um, Share a man, if you will, or share somebody who is that type of person. 
So you could take, let's say, Val or somebody, let's say somebody's financially stable, they had this and that, but they help provide for your household, take care of the children, everything else, but they switch every other night or every few nights or something like that. They do it all the time. We, when we look at basketball stars, $100 million contracts, football stars, $100 million contracts, and they married, we know their understanding entanglement with Jada and Will was not, you know, even in the interview that they put out, she was like, oh, that mm, she didn't put him all the way on blast. But we know their understanding is in arrangement. So we'd be foolish to think it's not something not only natural and doable, but that's something that's ostracized only because of fear and insecurity women think it could possibly happen to them. Even if they're not even in the pool of it happening, but it's easier for a man to cheat, to deal with prostitution, all kind of other stuff that it is to deal with taking care of an actual family and being a because it requires that you're more than average. That makes sense. Agreed. Now I'm going to keep the mic on you, coach Nazir. Uh, you, you, you pointed out women out number men on this earth. Just, just, that's just, just facts and black women. And you know, I hear it too, brother. They constantly complaining about these. There's no good men. And, they want to use incarceration rate. I just think that they're not attracted to them. You know, I'm saying they more materialistic. You got to be six five. You know, uh, you know, driving a Lamborghini and you know, <laughs> and, and got to have the, the the name Young in front of your name, Young Jeezy or Young Young Merc or whatever. So, um, so why if with black women outnumber uh, black men, why would why why would they want? accept this type of lifestyle i mean i just think yeah i I don't like to generalize i don't like to generalize uh, because there are are a number of women i can't say many there are a number of women that talk on polygyny i mean whether it's like um uh, the sister ayana or even erica lachey and other jewels that really talk about um, a lot of his wisdom so there are those who do however we can go into um the whole ptss if you will, the post-traumatic slave syndrome that we have. There are a lot of things that we accept that are not from our culture. Regardless, like you said, you looked up your grandmother's ancestry and found where you come from, South Africa, that they practice polygyny. But it's true to this day. They still do, whether it's Akon or people look at Janet Jackson. You know that the baby she had at 50, she was the fourth wife to a Muslim brother who was a billionaire. And I forget what country. They were married for five years. She was his fourth wife. Not fourth wife, like he was married, divorced, married, divorced, married, divorced. No, he had four at a time. She was number four. Janet. Wow. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So she practiced polygyny and everything else. You know, or you look at talk, being real or talking about ostracizing. You got Jay-Z with 444, right? He got Beyonce supposed to be a 10. Got all this type of stuff going. But for some reason in society, they still pushing the whole monogamy thing. All right, where he would have to be more of a man to step up if he wanted to go ahead and step out, if that makes sense. Now, that's not a now. Here's the challenge. When we talk about pro morals, polygyny is not a solution for somebody who ain't got morals. Like, I'm going to step out. Let me go ahead and marry her because I just can't control myself. That's foolish. That's a lack of discipline. And the lack of the first (laughs) rule of breaking is lack of self-discipline, the manhood. You can't control your desires and control things to find a solution to these challenges that you have. Then you're not really a man. You're not on that path. So this is not a solution for immoral behavior. Okay, that's acting on something immorally. Wherever you have natural behavior, Islam in general comes to deal with that. It comes to satisfy whatever um, situations or desires or things that you have in a moral fashion. All right, that make you know that makes sense to you. But I can't speak on why black women would say something. It'd be better to hear 
from either Coach Nyla or Coach Fatsy. Okay, okay. Uh, I just wanted to, just a little quick fun fact. I wish I could remember what city or what place is is in a, I don't know if it's in, it's somewhere in Asia. This country has, the majority of this country is women. And when they date, they're not, they're, it's not foreign for them to date the same guy multiple times because there's not a lot of men there. So they're not upset about this at all. It's expected. We're in a society that tells us you can't share that something is mine and no one has any rights to it but me. It's a conditioning that happens. And one thing we find out, like the, myself, for example, since my grandpa wasn't perfect and my father wasn't perfect and they all practiced having more than one woman or juggling, my father had five baby mamas and five kids, four baby mamas. My mother has five kids and four fathers. So there's a conditioning that happens when you have those kind of parents. You go, okay, my grandpa acted up. My dad acted up. My husband, I, I'm not, I'll be damned if he act up. I'll be damned <laughs> if I'm going to share him. See? But we don't know what we're going to do. That's why Muslims say, inshallah, God willing, you know, I won't have to deal with X, Y, and Z. But there's something in us, I think, as black women, where we've seen our families before us fail us. So we don't want our family to fail. And when we look at men sharing women, we look at that as failure, instant failure. Because he can't love me at the same time that he loves someone else. Why not? We love our children. I love all seven of my children at the same time. I love my parents at the same exact time. See, one thing that women need to figure out is that men have bigger hearts than we think they have. And we need to quit putting limitations on how much they can love and how many. Mm. Because we might feel like we don't want to juggle more than one man. Mm. We don't think. But maybe they want to juggle more than one wife. And maybe they have the ability to do that. I would never want to be a man because the responsibility to have more than one wife is a big deal. This is not a hobby. It's a lifestyle. It happens every single day. I like what my co-wife was saying. People go, well, when is Nadir's day with you, Fatima? No, it's his day with us. See, it's what you tell yourself. Because then that word share, it doesn't bother you so much. When you have that good self, healthy self-talk about what a man can and cannot do. Because I don't live in a man's body, so I can't put those limitations on what he can and he can't do. You know what I'm saying? We're different. We're different. And we need to quit acting like we're in men's bodies and we understand fully how it is. No, I don't. Coach Nadir says it all the time. It's like us trying to explain labor and delivery to him. He can sit there and watch it and help with it. Indeed. (laughs) Well, he can't get with us when we start explaining what it's like. Indeed. You see what I'm saying? Right. Right. Well, Coach Coach Nyla, I'm going to go straight to this question because um, I heard this when I was talking about, I was telling everybody I was going to do this topic. And a lot of women, they despise your husband. Oh, why he get to practice it? Why can't the women practice it? You know, so tell me, you know, can you explain the, 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 the women, the, the term? for women having multiple uh, husbands and is it beneficial for the black community for them to do that? 
Okay, um, couple of things. <laughs> okay, polyandry. That's the, the term, women having multiple husbands. Do not have a desire to do that at all. Uh, my co-wife and I, we talked about that a number of times. Uh, because that is usually the thing is it's usually a knee-jerk reaction if women really 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 thought about what that entailed yeah if they really thought about that (laughs) they wouldn't they wouldn't even entertain the thought because when it comes down to it it's responsibility the thing is it's not just a it's not just a sexual thing and that's what people put it in their heads. Like, that's what it is. Not that it's about responsibility. Not that it's about rights. Not that it's about, you know, um, taking care of the responsibilities that you have as a spouse. It's not the same. And we talked about that. It, it, we pretty much opened up with it. It's different of uh, having a woman versus having a wife. You know, like, oh, we have multiple women or having multiple wives. Same thing, different than ha- having multiple men having multiple husbands you know yeah and they got different shows the bachelorette and everything that people what it was something that i saw where people they said people women who have a problem with polygyny or have a problem with this you know are the women who watch these shows and then they watch the bachelor they want and they root for this stuff and everything like that but don't can't stand it or say they can't stand it but it's usually a knee-jerk reaction seriously like people say well you know well if he can have more than one why can't I have more than one but then when you really look at it and I asked them I'm like have you do you have sons have you seen football have you ever watched any of these things where you see the testosterone levels increase in men you know exactly the 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 if you want some beta men, you know, maybe that may Uh-oh. work. Uh-oh. As Uh-oh. women, women. Oh, <laughs> uh, you see, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt you, Coach Nyla. It's just that, and I was thinking that as well. I was like, and I'm, I'm looking at your husband and I can look at him and I can tell he's an alpha male. You get what I'm saying? I am an alpha male. I'm an alpha, alpha male. There's no way in Hades. <laughs> We're sharing a woman. Somebody's dying, or multiple bodies. That's because you you just brought out you just brought out a key element, the, the testosterone. You know when when, mm-hmm. when we when I play when I play football, and we when we touch that field, it's another level. It's like I got to kill this mother effer in front of me because he's trying to kill me. <laughs> But go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, sorry. I'm, you, you touched the point that I, I, yeah. I, I, I totally agree. There you go. See, I, I you know, you already unless they're, See, unless, they're uh, unless they're beta <laughs> men, there's no way no two alphas going yeah. to do that. But go ahead. Exactly. But when you think about it, women don't really want beta men. Not a, not a real woman anyway. And you know, I'm really just putting it out there. Women want security. We love the, the the we love knowing that men are going to be men. Men want to be protectors. They want to be providers. Women don't want. There are women who've done stuff. We'll talk about Erica, Erica Lachey. She actually did a, a, a live or a video when she talked about. I want to be a woman. I want to be able to be soft. You know, I don't. I don't want. <laughs> like I want to. Yeah, exactly. And we always like. 
Yeah, when it comes down that men are not women with penises and women are not, I mean, women are not men with vaginas. It's just, that's not how it goes. You know, we are not the same. We are not the same. It's okay for us to be different. And women want a strong man. Women want men who, you know, are, are, you know, are, are wise, are leaders, not going to get that when you are the one that's calling all the shots as a woman you're not going to get that you're going to crush all of that you know and so men, i'm, I'm you know, going to leave about that masculine and feminine in it you know and we talk about that masculine versus feminine or the masculine energy men don't want a masculine masculine woman woman Preach. just like women don't want a feminine man Preach. And then my grandmother told me something when I was a teenager, right before those teenage years. And it was nothing but boys in the neighborhood. And she's like, look, I don't want you standing with nothing but boys. And I said, well, why? They're my friends. Don't look right. She said, you're going to be labeled something you don't want to be labeled. So when I got older and then she started talking to me about sex, said men are built to give, women are built to receive. It's anatomy. So women are not through anatomy and Coach Nyla, we met at a time and I was in nursing school for two years. So we know anatomy. Structurally, we're not built physically to receive multiple men. All our plumbing will be toe up. Okay? So, I'm just, hey. <laughs> That's why I love y'all, man. Y'all real. That's what it looked like. You know what I'm saying? So if you think about what women have to do with men and you have multiple husbands doing that, you won't be able to walk. I mean, let's talk about it. You won't be able to walk because we're built to receive, give like men give. And we need to quit trying to say we're just, it's just the same. We're the same. I'm sure getting kicked in the nuts is different than getting kicked somewhere or getting kicked in the boob for a woman. And then we go, no, it feels the same. No, it doesn't. No, it don't. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. You see what I'm saying? But we want to just be equal, like just be just the same so bad. It's not a competition. We're different and we need to understand that and accept it. See, understanding and accepting that is two different things, you know? Indeed. We're not designed that way. We're not designed to take all the men. Nature has this way of cleaning things out. When something doesn't work right, it doesn't duplicate. So if we were the same, that'd be actually two men. That don't work in nature. If it's two women, don't work in nature. That's self-destructive. Whereas, again, we talked about um, it being natural and being driven where uh, polyandry, you can't really point to any polyandrous societies that actually really survived or that you even know of. We can point to polygyny today different countries and again people can do whatever they choose to do but we encourage people to think think reflect we don't we're muslims um, polygyny um, under the bowels of islam but we're not here to teach people um oh this is the islamic rule these are there's a lot of information on islamic rulings and everything like that we we how to practically be better as a human whether you're single whether married to one you're looking at practicing polygyny again we give it more airtime because it doesn't get enough and it, 
what they got shows escaping polygamy or seeking sister wife and you know it's this tv show reality type stuff and a lot of times it's about mormons or it's about people that really aren't coming from a moral perspective or from us and our background we can't relate to them so we feeling a, really feeling a void there and um empowering people in the process everything looks different by the way you haven't asked the question but i'm letting you know no we don't all live together that's what cushion we get all the time we all live in the same house no close proximity like half Hey, but no, not in the same house. Just to let you know. Good, good. Thank you. <laughs> for those who question that I don't need to ask. Thank you, brother. <laughs> now I want to ask a question that I really want to ask. How do you, how did you explain this lifestyle to your children? And are they cool with this lifestyle? <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, the, at first, they you know. I, and it would having four daughters they daughters have jealousies for their father it has nothing to do with me it is their father and I tell it all the time our 23 year old daughter should go into these moods where she'll go yeah that one time that cashier asked we we, we were Abu's nieces they call their father um, Abu's niece why we gotta be his nieces why can't we be his daughters I said well the woman didn't know no better she said yeah but she liked him that's why the, the fool thought we were nieces that was her jealousy I wasn't there I wasn't even in the store with them and he didn't even know what was going on she'll bring it up now so of course on, they were going okay I'm just used to seeing you two I'm not used to seeing him with anyone but you so the optics of it was difficult. The idea of it, the actually practicing it was difficult, but they never took away the fact and called my co-wife anything other than wife. They'd say Abu's wife or they'd say Sister Nyla and they still do. And now they embrace her wholeheartedly. But one thing she didn't do that I would really, um, and I've, I've, I've trained around something that she offered us and that was not to push us too fast or push herself down our throats are y'all gonna like me <laughs> you know I'm gonna make y'all like me you know and she just wasn't that way she let everyone process things as as slowly as it as slowly as it went without pushing and even to this day our daughters are so happy about that they were like you know what I like that she didn't she didn't show up and like in our face and oh look at me and you know it wasn't this rubbing polygyny in our children's faces and I with their healing but they know that that's something that came from my co-wife you know what I'm saying so that helped them so much to this day I think it still does like our oldest daughter was the hardest one she was whoo she's she's almost set up like a guy with her energy She's little, but she's very firm and stern. And, you know, I don't and she'll just hit you with everything straight in the face. Like, I don't like this. and I want him here. And she was almost like a little sergeant with it. But when she came to to meet my co-wife, she was like, you know, what? I really like her a lot because I don't think she's putting on any airs. I don't think she's faking. I don't think she's trying to get brownie points with us. And. Now, the oldest child of the 10 would not say that unless she meant it. So it helped her so much to be able to accept everything and say, because this person is the way she's representing herself. And it's a fact and it's not fake that help with their healing. 
So shout out to Coach Nyla. And who she, she said she was. And, <laughs> and keep in mind, one second, keep in mind too that right now we're going into our year 11. So don't compare, people shouldn't compare our year 11 even to our year one, okay, or our chapter 10 to our chapter one. So there's a lot of growth in the process. But my oldest children, they were young teenagers, early teens, two early teens, then the rest were younger. So everybody else is normal. I mean, for example, the boys, for example, I had four biological, four daughters first and then followed by six boys. All right. So I have 10 biological children that have bonus children. And Coach Nile is going to speak on that in a second uh, with the bonus children. So what's normal? First of all, you teach them life. OK, we teach them life. Our children know about the, this agenda. We know uh, they know about the war on black, the black family to begin with see homosexuality, different commercials now, and we discuss these different things. They know how to read between the line because not only are we black, all right, which always, has always been a problem sitting here in, the, in America, spit with a triple K, but now we Muslim too. And we try to look at, you know, Muslims or Islam as though it's a foreign thing. So you hear this Al-Qaeda and ISIS, but you forget about Malcolm. You forget about Kunta Kinte. You forget about us being over here far before Columbus. You know, so we have to teach our children all of these different things. So they know that polygyny is a form of marriage, which is new. And it was also different from the way social engineering is set up. When you look at morals, now if you say something oh, bad about homosexual, you just can't even have your own opinion. And that doesn't mean you want to hurt them or harm them. No, you just say, look, I don't agree with the lifestyle. It is what it is. It's something that's self-destructive, not coming to you from a religious viewpoint. If everybody did it, it's the end of human race. Boom. I can have my own opinion. Anybody can have whatever their opinion about polygyny and otherwise. But we live in such a society that has a social construct against morals. So now mm-hmm. the people think moral, which is actually the majority, no matter what their belief is or lack of thereof, just in the whole idea of um, self-preservation and your instinct to survive. If you speak against that, you look at it as crazy because you're talking about something moral. That right there is a challenge. So we teach our children about that. We teach about polygyny, how it looks, but I also let my children know I'm married to my wives. I'm, I'm available at all times to them, to everybody. And I demonstrated that because you can say one thing, but you have to be demonstrable. I don't want to be like my father. We all come from different levels of trauma and backgrounds and experiences that we've all had. All right. But one thing I did not want to do was be the weak soul that sits there and say, do what I say, do don't do what I do. That's some of the most hypocritical behavior period. And I don't want to demonstrate that in front of my children. Again, it's one thing to be a man and talk all of that. It's another thing to be a man of value and then strive to be better because I'm not the same person I was back then. I didn't have enough courage the way things needed to go. I didn't have trying to figure stuff out. So you try stuff like Cat Williams said, you try it and try it, don't work, try it again. You know, you know, there's a lot of different things that occur. So in that process of commitment, then you actually grow. Then you get better. Then you develop a system. You have to communicate better. You're able to listen better and have more patience. You have to become more as a man to tap into your other side to be able to give them what they need, you know, simultaneously. If that makes sense. So we didn't, you know, so that structure for the older children, they had to come around because they were a little older. They were teenagers at the time. Mm-hmm. Other kids, it's no problem. The little ones right now, nothing it, it is what it is you know they're like we're gonna go to the other house today and we go over here we, today we had our family meeting all of us together every thursday we have our family meeting we're around a big you know the adults and stuff we're around a big table talking about plans and investing and all kind of stuff for the family everybody's there we are on one side of the table the kids are on the other side plus the edges because it's a bunch of them and then the other little kids are, are playing and running around we do this 
and we don't only meet once a week, but we do these different types of things. But we had to get to that. That wasn't happening in one, two, three, four, you know, year five. But it, it was a process, you know. So as that, come here, Sulay, man. As that, so you, you come behind me. All right, so, all right, this is my son, Sule, man, 13, big dude, representing, hoping, you know, Green Bay do the thing. Here, he got a question. Answer. <laughs> you want me to answer the question again? Hey, how, how was it uh, adjusting to this new lifestyle when you was, when you was introduced to it? It was all right because I remember uh, playing with my siblings, my older sisters, when I was like eight years old. I wonder what would it be like if we had stepsisters or older brothers that we never knew about and it happened. <laughs> and it actually was a big surprise as I was growing up. And now I have more responsibilities and I'm growing more into those responsibilities. So I'm happy about that. And religion is all right. <laughs> He's gone now. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, 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 I can tell. I can tell he he got a little wisdom to him, so you're doing you're doing the right thing, brother. And you talked about <laughs> um, answer about the when I answered the question about um the speaking of it, because I'm like, I still have to talk to my kids, <laughs> you know. And sometimes it gets to the point where uh people say, Well, you're the incoming wife and everything like that. So, you know, it's a lot of stuff that that happens or that um the initial wife goes through or the initial family or anything goes through that we don't feel it on this other side too. So <laughs> it's having the, you know, the, the, the voice of the second wife or the incoming wife or subsequent wife, like my uh, co-wife said about, we all have a voice. We all have, um, you know, things to talk about. And the thing is that I had two children entering into polygyny. Um, I had a child from a previous relationship before Islam and I had a child from a previous marriage and then you know I was a single mom again for a while (laughs) so the thing is I had to explain not only polygyny to my children but um a you know a bonus dad coming in you know they were dealing with you know, listen to what mom got to say, listen to what Omi got to say, you know, now you have to understand that not only are you going to get um, information from me, you're going to get information from your bonus dad, you're going to get information from your, you know, from your bonus Omi, and they like, they just call her Omi. (laughs) So you're going to get this information. So I had to realize that I need to prepare them for this this new journey, this new phase, this new part um, in their lives, because this is going to be something that will change their lives. Their lives are not going to be the same. They're not going to be, um, it's not just going to be us. You know, um, it's not just going to be, you know, well, you ain't mama, my daddy, You, we're not going to have that, <laughs> you know? So you want to make sure that you get them to understand or at least let them know what this you know what it looks like um my oldest son he's 21 now he made a (laughs) he made a comment he was like I am so glad that I was raised the way I was he said like and he's like a straight-up advocate for people try to say stuff he can 
I mean, my gosh, I don't have to say much of anything. He'd be like, yeah, and this is that, and this is why you don't know what you're talking about because this is that, whatever. So he's real kind, but he very stern about what he grew up in. And he grew up in an environment that communication was key, that communication was, um, you know, if you wanted to know something, come and ask. You know, um, I'm not going to hide anything from you. I'm not going to keep anything from you. Um, but if I haven't told you anything and something that you want to know, come and ask me. So, you know, I had to prepare them. I had to prepare them for what life may look like. Um, and it wasn't anything. The, the one thing I didn't prepare them for, because I didn't even prepare myself for, was the the difficulties and transitioning in the beginning years. However, they didn't even know. <laughs> I was going through the stuff. I whatever the difficulties were, they didn't see it. They didn't see it through my co-wife, they didn't see it through me, they didn't see it through our husband. They didn't see that because I didn't allow that. We didn't allow that. So what they saw was what I allowed them to see. But I spoke to them the you know, I spoke them to them in a way of wanting them to understand what the positive um, aspects of what is going to be entered into their lives or what the, the new journey or the new phase. Because even when I was going through some of the rough patches at the beginning, I didn't let my mom know. I didn't let pretty much anybody know I was going through what I was going through without, you know, inserting anybody else because my mental was, I always saw a bigger picture of things being where it is today. Um, being better than what it was before. And I would never want to go back to tell other people like, oh, well, you know, it's different now. And they can only remember the negative stuff that I was telling them. So I did not want them to, I did not want to put a negative voice to polygyny. And I didn't want to put a negative voice to Islam because people don't see that, oh, it's just you going through this thing or it's just your family going through this thing. They'll put it they'll lump it into polygyny or they'll lump it into Islam. <laughs> they were like, these Muslims like this and these people practicing polygyny, they do it this, you know, and I didn't want that to be the case. So communication, proper communication is key and knowing what you want to put across. I remember my mom saying, um, people going to talk, so give them something to talk about. And my mentor was always, you give them the narrative. You control the narrative of what you want people to say. Because people go going to talk regardless. But if you don't give them nothing crazy to talk about, they don't have nothing to say. And if they do, that's just them speculating because you didn't give it to them. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, Coach Fatima. Uh, yes. I want to answer this question because... I was talking to a woman that she said she practiced it, but she said it's it's the total opposite of what you and your 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 co-wife and your husband is saying. Um, what are the negative mm-hmm. what are some of the ner- uh, negative stereotypes that you hear about people practices you know practicing your lifestyle? Because she's basically told me it's it's all it's really just about sex. That's what it is. When she was says when she was doing it, it was just that. And, and but 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 y'all. I used to have about- it a lot, and I wasn't married, so it ain't about that. So uh, you know, when they say that, you can get that anywhere. Uh, these uh, so from, you can get it. You can get that. Okay. Now okay. you don't have to be married to get sex because my mm-hmm. parents got me, and they weren't married. So. Right. You don't have to get married to have sex. However, you should be married. 
but we're grown and people do what they they want to do but um people are going to differ from what we say yeah they will it's not just about sex some of the stereotypes are that we have low self-esteem we're scared to leave i'm gonna leave coach nadir because i'm gonna die i came here by myself i'm gonna leave by myself so we all will that's one thing that we're airheads. Uh, he's got us doing the business. We don't really want to be here. We really don't get along behind the scenes. It's all for We're with him for his money. Uh, he's with her for her money. We've heard that one. Um, what yep. else? I'm sick. I must be terminally. <laughs> I'm terminal. We're all terminal. We're all going to die. Um, so I must be sick. That's why he got another one. And, oh, she's younger. That's why he got uh, another wife older than her like I'm on a cane and collecting AARP or something there's so many stereotypes I could go on and on and on um he doesn't love me that's why he got another wife um he's trying to make me divorce him she's trying to make me divorce him by being here so that you could just go on and on with different stereotypes but um the the one of the most hurtful ones was that coach Nyla somehow some replacement for me, first of all, I'm irreplaceable. Uh-oh. We all are. Uh-oh. We all are because we're all created differently, different ways. We all have our strengths. We all have our own our weaknesses and we're all individuals. You know, um, people try to make comparisons or create competitions. They think it's a competition between Coach Nile and I. Um, I'm over 40, you know, and we're all over 40. And I don't have time. I didn't compete with girls when I was in high school over him. So I'm not going to do that now. I've never done that. So, and that's part of being raised by Southern people that just were like, look, you were somebody before y'all met each other. You're going to be somebody when each other's gone. So my grandma used to say that all the time. And I don't, I never wanted to make it a competition, but people try to say this is all a competition. This is all for brownie points for Coach Knight. It's all about him. One thing I learned about men in polygyny is if they're doing polygyny right, they don't want to be the star. Mm-mm. They don't want to look like a pimp. They don't want to look like they're collecting women because in our culture, it's haram, it's sinful, it's not allowed, it's prohibited. So that's one of the major um, stereotypes, some of the major stereotypes. I'm glad you addressed that because there was a woman uh, that was, I asked the question. She was like, make sure you ask them or, you know, and she's like, I'm a psychology major. Make sure you ask them they're not brainwashed or (laughs) I was like, oh, she's a major. Then we we should go ahead and let her know to go ahead and check out Deborah Majid, who's a Ph.D., wrote a book called uh, Black Women Sharing Sharing Their Men in Polygyny. Yeah, look up Deborah Majid in, in Polygamy. Look it up online. You'll find her book. So, Okay, you know. cool. Yeah, yeah. So. And if you want to look at, to even go deeper into why the United States in particular um, only pushes monogamy, it was part of white identity. There's a book called Public Vows by Harvard professor and PhD uh, Dr. Nancy Cott. The book is called Public Vows. And a part of the U.S.'s push towards white supremacies to make itself or differentiate itself, differentiate itself from the rest of the world is uh, to push monogamy over anything. Because monogamy pretty much means you're married to one wife legally, <clears throat> but you can have an unlimited number, an unrestricted number of girlfriends, boyfriends, jump downs, concubines, mistresses, whatever you want to call them. You can have that unlimited. 
Okay, so that monogamy allows for that. So understand where it came from and how it was designed and how it actually is not working that well right now. So, you know, it's not a point to really argue one way or the other. The main thing is to just argue morals, because when you're dealing with someone with morals and character, then you don't have to worry about them abusing or oppressing you, period. That's really the main thing, whether you're married to one or more. If that person has morals, you will be safe in protecting the marriage. But also on the flip side, I remember before um, practicing religion way back and a friend of mine just accepted Islam to become Muslim. And she said, well, I ain't trying to hear nothing about Islam because they can marry more than one wife. And instead, of, he was trying to convince her with the Bible, talking about all these guys had it. But then I just asked her a question. I was like, well, if there's a doctor. And today, I asked today, just somebody that people know, let's say um, celebrity, let's say Russell Wilson. All right. He married to Sierra. He married to Sierra, got these kids. You got future hating on them and all that kind of stuff, right? Just something that's well known in our community, right? No, you know, you know, you got that, right? So we had these, these different philosophies. Let me ask you a question, though. If, if they put it out there, listen, they have an open marriage. He wants to practice polygyny. All right, Sierra's good with it and stuff like that. He provided with home and helped raise her children like he's raising future kid and everything else and so on. So how many women do you think are try to apply for that or try to qualify for that? You know what I'm saying? How many would be open for that? Unlimited You know I mean there'll be limits of course But just think about that Think about that naturally And how that reflects Now think about it from the flip side How many dudes gonna sign up to be with Beyonce and share with a whole bunch of other guys Again that goes to that natural aspect It's not something that's normal You know what I'm saying Will there be some Yeah of course there'll be some You know what I mean so it goes into that natural part. So let's be real about it. You just haven't met the right individual or maybe you haven't seen the circumstances, right? Or perhaps you haven't seen the practice well at all because so much ostracizing and talking crazy because of fear and insecurity of it happening to you. So you got to try to push back on it. But how many of our relatives and being real, do we notice going ahead and knowing that their husband is out there? Papa was a rolling stone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, even, even you know, my wife's grandmother talked about, she she said she believed everything in Islam. She's like, you know, I believe in everything, except that you have more than one wife. She said this. But regardless of that, though, what she said to me was really, really weird and hypocritical. She said, you know what? She knew her husband had all these other women all around town. She knew it. He knew she knew it. All her friends even knew it. And she said, it's okay, it's fine, as long as you don't start taking money out this house. And when that happened after, how long did it married about 30 years or so, after married 32, once he started doing that, then she divorced him. So she knew all this stuff. How many women we know dealing with that right now? How many women we know, sadly, getting STDs or what they call not today, STIs and all kind of other stuff. There's an illegitimate children coming about that don't know they're All these types of things happening because we live in an immoral society where polygyny isn't even an option. Because it demands that the man be worth it. He got to be a leader. He has to actually step up. But if you don't, and we already know the need that's out there, then we get exactly what we get. And that's what we deserve, unfortunately. We got to be brainwashed. We got to be. Because they got to find a reason why two women would sit between this man and be his wives. They got to be brainwashed. They got to be crazy. There's got to be something. Dumb women ain't attractive, not to me. Me? Nah. Mm-hmm. I ain't, I ain't smart to be that. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about, um, 
the, uh, put the mic to your put the mic to your mouth closer. Oh, it was Oprah Winfrey episode. Oh, a while ago, and it was talking about these men, um, like who cheated and everything like that. And she was asking them why and everything. It was this one guy on there. I won't forget it. Like it was this one guy. Yeah. And it was one guy and he was like hurt. Like he was crying and everything. And <laughs> she was like, well, why are you crying? And he was like, well, you know, he, for one, he didn't want, he's like, you know, he don't want to hurt his wife. He's like, he didn't want to hurt her. He loved his wife. And then I guess she asked about, you know, um, the other woman, like, you know, why did you, he was like, I love her. He's like, he loved this other woman. And so that's what we talk about when, Polygyny is not an option when you don't put it out there. It's so many things. I was like listening to different songs back in the day. I'm like, this stuff was already put out there. You got these men out here talking about these multiple women. Oh, or, my favorite know, song. Hold, hold on with me. Trying to love too. <laughs> so ain't easy to do. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. You can't. Yeah, peace of my love. You can't have all of me because I'm not totally free. You got that. <laughs> So you got these different things and it's like, it was already, you know, this stuff is not brand new. So it's like, why? But it's the thing that the facade of saying, well, you know, she ain't the real one, you know, it goes to T.I. and Tiny. I'll go back to that when she was like, well, when the side chick decided she wanted to step up and talk about, you know, what he doing for her and this and that. And, you know, that she is this and she is that. That's what that's what made her mad. She knew she was like, she just needs to stay in her place. Mm. So it's these different things when it's like, OK, you're OK with everything as long as your man is not being a man or as long as he's being a man to you but he can be immoral somewhere else. So it's these different things where it's so, it's so, um, I'm not, the word I'm not looking for is hypocritical, but it doesn't make sense. It's so, yes, it's double standard. This facade is, it's not being authentic, but you okay with that. See, I said, it's, we're trying to get people to think. If you're really thinking about it, like people even talk about, oh, well, if you felt, you know, um, you know, you know that somebody is going to be hurt or the first wife is going to be hurt or, you know, this other person is going to be hurt. It's hurt all around the board. If we're talking about emotions. We all have emotions. We're all going through stuff, you know, but then people, then people say, well, you put yourself through it. That's life. We're going to get hurt through life. Babies fall when they try to walk and they get hurt and, you know, they get up and they grow and they keep walking. You know, it's these different things. Sometimes our biggest successes or some of our biggest growth come through pain. You know, when we're too busy trying to avoid some type of pain or some type of thing that makes us insecure, we stifle our growth. And sometimes people got to think, you know, just think a little bit. Trying to be so hard pressed to find the negative in every single thing, especially something as um, beneficial as polygyny and honorable as polygyny. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going. I, I know you ain't gonna do that. No, it's all good. Um, right, it's all good. This is the last question. I know y'all family. Uh, y'all got things to do. Um, what advice you want to give to the black community or the black people that is on the edge of considering? practices polygyny 
what advice would you give to them? I know you have your school and you you teach them all that. So yeah. but, but the ones that are watching live on your Instagram and the ones that are watching live on my Facebook, what advice you want to give to them in order for them to better prepare them to go to this life? What advice do we want to give to black to the black community that's considering practicing polygyny? Okay. All right, I'll say it from the male's perspective first. One, um, go to outstandingpersonalrelationships.com. <laughs> All right. Download our five keys to fulfilling marriage, especially in polygyny. All right. Because we, we talk to people all the time. We share. And if you're serious over just being curious, we do have some courses. We have the Relationship Mastery Inner Circle where we go live every week or pretty much four times a month for our members and, uh, and really go on a deeper level. So I would say that. But to men, I'll let you know, look, you have to increase your leadership skills. You have to increase your leadership skills, meaning that you have to be able to learn how to communicate more, to listen more, how to question everything, how to protect, provide and exercise personal power. Those are the three things you have to do as a man. And it's a process for that. Going from a boy to a man, that's not good enough. I'm a man. That doesn't mean much because there's men out here that are biggest threats and predators to our children and our women and our entire society. Okay, there are men that have been blacklisted and blackballed from public eye that are actually doing the thing. But you have to do the thing to have the power. So you have to increase your leadership skills, which includes, again, communication, being more nurturing, being able to read between the lines, to be able to take whatever shot you need to deal with. But you got to have more courage. So you have to increase your leadership skills. And that's one of the really that's one of the things we talk about when they talk about you have to be more than twice the man. Because, again, it's not just simply about having more women. That's not that's not something hard to do. Many gumps and little this and that with different color hair and weave that they wear. They do that. You know what I'm saying? What, what was that? You know, it's, it's ridiculous. So increase your leadership skills is the number one thing for a man. That doesn't mean you're a dictator. That means you're an actual leader. You're assertive. You're masculine. You have your masculine energy. You understand there's no such thing as toxic masculinity. Uh-oh. That's just a bad man. Uh-oh. You know, but until you can be able to articulate that and understand that and stand on your points and exercise and personal power, then you ain't at that level yet. So if you're considering it, make sure you're twice the man that can handle it because it's far more than just uh, uh, something for the others. Like I said, if you want to put our family in here. We over 15 deep. It's ain't just the three of us living in the house and we talking black polygamy and all that. And it's cool. And it's no, not at all. We actually very private, but we had to weigh whether or not the privacy is important because the most people are successful polygyny. They're quiet about it. They do their thing. And that's what we were doing. Or do you want to empower more people? Do we want to take excuses away from others? You want to actually show them black love in this perspective where you can actually win at it and thrive at it and develop fulfilling, strong relationships and actually nation build on it. So we decided that weighs a whole lot more than to just be private and have an individual success because that's the first level. The second level is significance where you empower others. And that third is legacy where we do it for generations. So that right there is king talk. And in order, in order to practice polygyny, and if you want to win at it, not just collecting women, going through them, people are already practicing polygamy today. When they got boyfriends and girlfriends, that's my ex and that's this, that ain't nothing but polygamy. All right, men doing it, women doing it. Polygyny is a whole nother level. All right, so that's what I'm going to say from my perspective and then let you know. We, we, we appreciate that King talk, brother. Go ahead, Coach Nyla. <laughs> Just, you know, increasing your value and knowing the value, you know, knowing your value. 
um, that's the thing, you know, they ask about, I'm sorry, they ask about um, jealousies and things like that. When you know your value and when you are constantly improving on yourself, it's about growth. If you're focused on growth and you're growth focused, things aren't going to bother you like, you know, things aren't going to bother you as much as if you're not focused on that. If you're focused on the minor, you know, minuscule, minute little pieces of every little thing, you're going to be broken. You're going to be, you know, destroyed. You're going to let any and everything destroy you. So yeah, if you, you know, polygyny is not right now, it's not getting its fair share. It's not getting its fair shake. Yes. People will sit there and talk about it and ostracize it and everything like that. And if you're not working on you, you will let it break you. But if you are working on you and focusing on minding your marriage, <laughs> we talk about minding your marriage, not trying to compare yourself to this person and that person and what this looks like and building your own marriage and building it the way you want it to be, regardless of whether you decide to par- practice polygyny or not, but you start doing that and focusing on that um, initially, you know, practicing polygyny is going to just be that next step. I mean, you're just going to use that and utilize that while you're practicing polygyny. It's going to make you that much smarter, that much wiser, and you're just going to grow. But you got to be focused on your growth. Appreciate that, Coach Nyla. Coach, fast him out. You know, I thought about it, and for years... I, you know, I found that if I wasn't going to say anything nice, I wasn't going to say anything at all. But I found that polygyny is here to bond, not break a family. So it's just part of another form of marriage to expand family, just like monogamy. I think we give power to these words that they're not ever supposed to have. So when we say polygyny breaks families and it breaks marriages and it breaks men and women and children, says who? Says who? Is that the people that don't want it, period, saying that? Or the people that are successful with it saying that? So once we start, again, thoughts are things and we can manifest a bad monogamous marriage or we can manifest a bad polygynous marriage. The choice is yours. We're all grown here. So it's, it's indeed what you put in it. And people think it's this magic spell you can put over it. You're going to do work in marriage anyway, if it's going to be healthy. See, a lot of people don't want polygyny because they don't want to do the work that it takes. But if you, you know, sometimes if you don't want polygyny, you don't want monogamy, that just let me know that either you don't have the tools, or you don't want to do anything. You don't want to put in what it takes you know, so people want this life, but are you willing to give up and sacrifice some things in order to live it? It's great in theory. A lot of men want to be polygynous, but are you willing to do king and queen things to be here? This is not something that you do overnight and it is not easy, but it's doable and can done in a healthy way. And if we could leave you all with that, that's what I want to offer you. But it's all about healthy intentions. You can have really horrible intentions, really evil intentions, divisive intentions, and watch it blow up in your face. But when you know that you all have healthy intention on your family, that the man that is married to the, I don't care if it's four wives, if he's a healthy-minded man and he wants his family to be healthy, 
and not traumatized, he's going to work on that. He's going to do what he has to do. And nobody's really going to have to tell him, maybe guide him. But that should be his desire to have a healthy family. And if he doesn't, he's not the man for the job at all. He's not the man for the job for monogamy or polygyny. So I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> uh, well, you got something to say, Coach Nyla? Um, yeah, um, just real quick. Um, another thing is just making sure you're open-minded and look to those who are actually, who are successful in it. You know, you have people that are successful that are showing, you know, the, the way. You know, they're showing the ups and downs and different things like that. So, you know, make sure you follow that um, and follow us. <laughs> follow us on Instagram at Outstanding Relationships and um, our Facebook and our YouTube, um, Outstanding Personal Relationships. Because, um, yeah, we could hundreds, hundreds of hours of video <laughs> um, on what we what we were talking about here and much, much more. Great, great, great. Well, that's the end of my show. Um, I, I, once again, Coach Nazir, Coach Fatima, and Coach Nyla, I truly appreciate you being here on my first Facebook Live. Uh, and it was very successful. <laughs> and it was very successful. Uh, once again, I, I, it was a it's distinctive honor to have you and your wives here, brother. I, uh, um, I learned something today from all of you and I have nothing to say on this because you know all, all and people and my cousin asked me this why the hell you pick this topic because <laughs> you know I you know I got you know my podcast it talks about various things it talks about youth suicides it talks about uh, uh, um, domestic violence you know so my podcast is for everybody but I want to give this this lifestyle a microphone and have it explain to the people what it is and not what the what society think it is what it really is from people that are actually practicing it so for the people that are listening and, and, and watching that's why i picked this show and I, I once again i thank the coaches for coming on um for the people that don't know that I have a podcast, you know, you can it's rebuke reestablishing black unity, knowledge, education, uh, and economics. You can watch, you can listen to it on Apple, uh, Google, Spotify, and all that. But this one just happens to be the first one, so you can actually watch this one uh, live. Uh, so I have nothing else to say, but but my slogan I always say this on every show is that uh, knowledge is power economic freedom and salvation but if you put the two together we can build a great nation thank you coach nyla thank you coach nazir and thank you coach fatima for coming on the show and thank you all for supporting my podcast we'll talk to you later peace thank you brother peace